Chapter 10, Max, Saturday, May 23rd. Hey, I'm always game to do life-threatening shit, he says sarcastically. Seriously, though, that idea sounds better than walking right now, he adds. Plus, we'll be able to see around us and choose the best place to fuel up. All right, well, we've got a few minutes before it's close enough to hop on. Make sure all of your stuff is secure. Let's get our game faces on. Max, you and I will head towards the train and get on first. We will be able to help Wiley and Skyler get on as we pass them. He's talking with his hands again. I'll help Wiley. You can help Skyler. Unless you're feeling stronger than your old man today. He nudges me and cracks a smile. I'll let you show off for once, okay? I say as I nudge him back with an amused look. He looks at the rest of the group. Sound like a plan? They both shake their head in agreement. My dad and I start walking towards the train, and just as we get out of earshot, he asks me, Now, you're not afraid you'll catch cooties from Skyler, are you? You two act like each other has the plague sometimes. I look at him and roll my eyes. Cooties, really, Dad? Well, I'm not blind, deaf, or stupid. One minute you two are flirting, and the next I feel like I should take the guns away from both of you. I don't respond, and his sarcastic demeanor shifts to serious. One thing is for sure, though. You both feel strongly for each other. I just don't know yet if it's in a positive or a negative way. I didn't realize how blatantly obvious whatever is going on with us was until my dad put it this way. I don't know what we are. Part of me wants to run as far as I can away from her, and part of me never wants to leave her side. I pause for a second and respond as honestly as I can. I don't know either, Dad. Our conversation is brought to an end as we near the approaching train. We pick up our pace to a light jog. To our advantage, the boxcar is empty with doors wide open. My dad, who is running a bit faster ahead of me, grabs onto the handle on the side of the train and hoists himself aboard with little effort. I follow his lead, and with the same motions, I pull myself on board next to him. I'm a little less graceful than he, so it takes me a split second to regain my balance. He grabs my arm to help me stabilize and says, Get ready, we're almost to Sky and Wiley. Through the wide open door, I can see them as we approach. They're a little spaced out with Wiley closest to us. My dad jogs to the furthest opening from me, and as he climbs partially out, he grabs onto one of the handles just outside of the boxcar. He holds on with his left arm and leaves his right arm dangling for Wiley to grab onto. He yells, get into position. I nod and rush to the furthest opening away from him. I grab onto the handle and let myself partially hang outside of the train. The feelings coursing through my body are both exhilarating and refreshing. I've never ridden a train before, let alone hung out of one while it's moving. My newfound adrenaline rush is replaced by panic as I feel the train suddenly pick up speed. My body jolts and I turn to my dad. He shouts, Don't think about it. Just do what you're supposed to do. Get her on this train. His voice is stern and solid. We close in on Wiley as he jogs toward the train. His face shows fear and doubt as he reaches his arms forward to latch into my dad's free arm. I lock my eyes onto Skylar about 100 feet away, jogging toward us as the train closes the space between. I hear Wiley let out a groan when his body thrusts against the door of the boxcar.
I assume he made it safely when I hear him thank my dad, but I don't dare take my eyes off of Skylar. I begin to think for a moment that the conductor is aware of our presence when the train begins to gain speed yet again. Perhaps he is trying to disallow us from boarding. I crouch down and extend my free arm. Just before the train is about to pass her, she jumps forward and grabs onto my arm. Instinctively and immediately, I pull her off the ground onto the small step outside of the train. The footing is so small that we are forced to share the tiny amount of space. The train accelerates and jolts us forward. As fear washes across her face, Skylar loses her footing and falls. Her feet dangle across the ground as I try to maintain my hold of her arms. In absolute terror, she calls out, Don't let me fall! She hasn't taken her grip off of my arms since she first grabbed onto me. Her feet dangle against the ground and she continues to slip away from me. I clutch onto her arms tighter and pull with everything I have. I pull her so forcefully that she takes a solid impact as she crashes against the side of the boxcar. She loses grip on my arm, and just as she is about to fall again, I'm forced to grab her around the waist and pull her against me. I hold on to her and refuse to let her go. I tighten my grip around her waist and pull her closer. Her head is positioned on my chest right below my chin. She frees her right arm from between us and reaches around my side to hold on to me. Despite the speed of the train and all of the other movements, I feel her body tremble in my grip. I whisper to her, I wasn't going to let you fall, I promise. She raises her head from my chest to look up at me, possibly considering the words I've just spoken. She looks frightened and my stomach sinks as I realize I almost failed her. I don't want her to fear. I want to be the one thing she can truly count on. I will protect her. I will do everything I can to not let her down. I feel a hand grab onto my shoulder and am brought back to reality when my dad and Wiley pull Skylar and me into the train car. Wiley looks at me intently and says, Thank you, Max, for saving her. Wholeheartedly, I can't thank you enough. I reply back, I'll do everything I can to make sure nothing like that happens again. I'm sorry I let it happen. I turn to look at Skylar and see that she's standing on the inside of the boxcar right where I almost lost her. I shake Wiley's hand and he gives me a half hug. He starts to say, Max, it wasn't your fault, but I interrupt him and say, give me a minute and turn to walk away. I walk over to her and place my hand on her shoulder. She doesn't turn around, but her body tenses. Are you okay? She replies in an almost cracked whisper. No. Talk to me, I say to her, concerned. I'm scared. I meant what I said, Skylar. I will do everything I can to protect you. She leans into the hand that I still have rested on her shoulder. I take this cue to step forward. As I do, she turns around and wraps her arms around my waist. I grab onto the railing to brace us and use my other arm to secure her against me. Her once perfect hair is beginning to tangle, and the impact from the side of the train has already left a bruised and bloody mark across her face. I hate myself for letting this happen. I whisper to her, I promise. She looks up at me, and with the feet in her eyes, she says, What if it's not enough? I don't know what to say. Every fiber in my being wants to reassure her that I will protect her, but have I given her reason to believe me? I don't say anything. I just tighten the grasp I have around her body and hold her tighter. 
I need to get my mind back to more pressing matters, but all I want to do is make her feel safe. I need to make her feel safe. I hear my dad say loudly to Wiley, have you seen anything? And I assume he's trying to get my attention too. I turn my head and see what he's looking, that he's looking at me. Without letting her go, I say to him, what's the plan? He responds loudly, well, we've gone a few miles at this speed. I feel like now we're starting to slow. I think we should find a good point to hop back off if we get to a safe enough speed. No taking risks like we just did again. Next time we'll all jump at once. I feel Skylar tense against my chest. I nod to my dad in agreement, and I whisper again to Skylar, I promise. Our bodies are so close that they're practically fused together. I don't want to let her go, but I need to talk to my dad about the plan. I begin to move us away from the entrance into a safer spot inside the boxcar. I tell her softly, hang out here for a minute while I go talk to the guys, okay? She agrees and sits down in the corner against the wall. I hold her hand for stability as she sits down. I'll be right back, I say. I walk to the opposite side to where Wiley and my dad are standing. Before I can get a word out, dad asks, how is she doing? I think she's just a little freaked out. We've had too many close calls. I wouldn't be surprised if she got a concussion when I pulled her back up. I'll check her out, but the lightning in the lighting in here isn't great. May have to wait until we're off the train. He points to Wiley and says, he took a pretty big hit too, but his skull must be harder than hers. You doing okay, Wiley? Yeah, he said in a pained smile. I'm fine. I know he's not fine between the laceration to his leg and the hit to his head, but I know he doesn't want to be the one to slow us down anymore. What about you, buddy? You okay? Dad says to me. I nod and ask my dad. And what about you? Nothing I can't handle. He pauses and tries to change the conversation. He says hesitantly and more seriously. Max, I'm glad you two seem to be getting along right now, and I know she needs you to be strong for her, but don't let your judgments get clouded. Remember the plan. I was just making sure she was okay and helping her sit down. That's it. There's nothing new. Now, on to more important things. Have you guys come up with a plan yet? I'm lying through my teeth, and I wonder if they're buying it. While we're talking, the train speed has been decreased steadily decreasing and we decide this is our opportunity to depart safely my dad urges get her now i run back over to the other side of the train car skylar we've got to go now the train's slow enough that we need to jump i grab her hand and pull her to her feet she looks fearful so i try to reassure her it'll be easier this time i'm going to help you come on we grab our backpacks as the train continues to slow down i holler to my dad Let's help them off first, and then you and I can jump behind them. My dad and I get Skylar and Wiley into position. We're back to the small foothold that caused so many issues earlier. I have her hold on to the railing on the outside and step onto the outside step. We're barely moving. You can do this. Now I'm going to count to three, and on three I want you to jump. I'll be right behind you, I promise. She looks up at me with her pained eyes and says, Okay. One. Two, the train begins to accelerate. Before I can allow her to process what is happening, I shout, three, and she and Wiley both jump. I see them both tumble to the ground and immediately get back up. 
They both shake the dirt off of themselves seemingly fine. I shout across to my dad, it's now or never. The train jolts forward as it accelerates. We look at each other, shout now, and jump at the same time. The impact of the ground hits me dead on my side, knocking the wind from my lungs for a second and turning my vision black. The sharp and full pain on my side is intense. I'm not sure if I'm seriously injured, but at least I'm slowly regaining my vision. The pain begins to subside slightly and then maintains a dull throb. Approaching my dad says, Max, are you okay? Why aren't you moving? He stands above me, dusting himself off. Behind him, I see Skylar in a panic as she's running towards me. She reaches me and places her hands under my arms to help me get off the ground. Oh my God, Max, are you okay? You hit the ground so hard. Is it your head or your arm? I interrupt her. No, it's my side. Knock the damn wind out of myself. It's okay, though. I'm fine. Let's go. I dust myself off lazily with my right arm and notice that I'm subconsciously holding my left arm to my left side. I motion for the rest of the group to come on and begin to walk away. As I take my first step, a sharp pain shoots through my torso and doubles me over. Skylar grabs my arm to help stabilize me. I'm fine, really. Let's go, I say stubbornly. I stand up as straight as possible and take another tentative step. The fiery pain shoots through my body and I wince as I force myself to not go down again. With each step, I trick my mind to forget the bursts of hot pain. My dad suggests that I stay in the middle and he and Wiley will lead and tell the group. I insist that I'm fine and take my normal formation in the back. Part of me does this so they can't see the struggle I have with each step. I try not to gasp as I talk, but breathing deeply causes fierce pain to strike through my body. My dad turns around to say, Tree line up ahead. Let's head there and appraise our damage. Sky, I still need to check out the cut on your face. I feel a tinge of guilt as I remember the bloody injury I caused Skylar. She replies, my face is fine. It stopped bleeding just sore now. I'm more worried about whatever Max is hiding under his shirt. Apparently, I'm not doing a good job of hiding my pain. I don't say anything, partially because I know they won't believe me and partially because it hurts to speak. We reach a safe spot within the trees and set up a temporary camp quickly. The last few cars of the train speed by as we watch from a safe, somewhat secure distance. I hobble over to Skylar to check her face. I struggle to lift my hand and place it gently along her cheek. She winces as I touch her. The skin around her cheek has turned a prominent shade of scarlet and is swollen. At the base of her cheekbone, a bloodstained laceration has just stopped bleeding. I looked into her eyes. The pain I feel that I allowed her to get hurt is greater than the pain I feel in my side. I let my arm fall back to my side and gently say again, I'm sorry. It wasn't your fault, and it's not up for discussion. Now raise your shirt. Let your dad look at whatever you're hiding. My dad approaches. Sky, I'll have a look at your face in just a minute. Max, what's going on under there? I try to shake them off and refuse to let them look, but every move makes me wince with pain. Skylar reaches forward and grabs onto my left arm. Before I can react, she raises it quickly but gently and takes hold of the base of my shirt. I'm forced to bite the inside of my lip to stop myself from wincing or making a noise. As Skylar raises my shirt, she gasps, and my dad becomes more alert in his examination. What? Buddy, you've got quite a few bruised ribs.
I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them are fractured. What on earth did you hit when you landed? The earth, I say sarcastically, and as I slightly chuckle, pain soars through my side. Can you take a deep breath? I don't want to try. Okay, I'll take that as a no. My dad ponders for a second. I hate to say it, but there's really not much we can do for this. We've got mild pain pills in the first aid kit, but that's about it. My dad walks over to get the first aid kit. Skylar takes her hand off of my arm and places her palm against my rib cage as gently as I place my hand on her cheek. I flinch at first, but her touch is actually soothing and gives me a calming optimism. I savor every second of her hand on me and am disappointed when the moment ends all too quickly. Here, take this. There's no point in wrapping you up. You're just going to have to keep taking these when the pain gets bad. As long as there's nothing internally damaged, I think ribs heal up in a few weeks. I can't believe you hit the ground that hard, Max. Try falling a little more gracefully next time. He hands me the pills. Just plain acetaminophen like that will do anything and a bottle of water, and turns his attention to Skylar. Okay, Sky, let's have a look. Just go ahead and sit here first. He motions for her to take a seat on an old cut-down tree stump. Leaves crumble beneath their feet. I place the pills in my mouth and watch her as I open up the bottle of water. She pulls at her bottom lip with her teeth, something I notice her do often, and that somehow, even covered in dirt and blood, makes me incapable of looking away. I swallow the water and pills as I listen to my dad talk about her wounds. This guy looks a lot worse than he really is. Here, let me clean you off a little bit. He turns around to grab an antiseptic wipe and notices me still standing there staring. How about you help Wiley keep watch, Max? I don't say anything as I grab my backpack and sling it over my shoulder, heading over to Wiley. See anything? Nope, not really, just trees, but look up there. He points in the distance to a large building. I think we would prob could probably find fuel up there. I reply by saying, I haven't checked yet, but we're probably traveled quite a distance from the UTV. We might just have to give up on the idea of going back to refuel. His face turns to complete disappointment. Well, shit, what's the plan now then? I hadn't thought that far, but I don't think going back is going to be the best option. We're all pretty banged up, so I think we should just keep moving forward. We might be able to find a vehicle up there in that parking lot. I point to the slightly vacant parking lot next to the building he pointed out. There's a few vehicles. We could just hotwire one of them. Before we get much further in our discussion, Skylar and my dad walk up to join in. I look at Skylar and see that the majority of the blood that was once covering her cheek has been wiped away. She now has a bandage about the sides of my palm, covering quite a bit of her cheek. The rest of her face is speckled with little bits of dirt, but she still catches my eyes and gives me the sweetest and subtlest grin. What were you saying, Max?